Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I so appreciate your listenership and the fact that you are kicking it here with me and my guest today with your very limited time, but I know that you are out to become a more bolder, braver female entrepreneur. And I'm really elated to share our guest with you today. But before we even get into that, let's cover some housekeeping. First and foremost, I've got to give a shout out to a listener because I love when you guys give me little love notes in iTunes. And so I'm going to pick it's J-C-A-T-Z-G. So like J-Cats-G, maybe? Down to earth, real talk. This person says, I listen to a lot of podcasts and the thing I like about Amber is how down to earth, real and relatable she is. The advice is simple and easy to do, like the Priority Planner episode, so straightforward. Awesome. That's what we want. We want easy wins. We want quick wins. We are very busy women. And if we can't apply our learnings, then we are probably wasting our time staying too much. And y'all know I love division, but I we can get stuck visioning and planning and then never executing. So thank you so much for that shout out. When you do things like that, that means I get street cred with other women, which expands my ability to help more women, which means you're helping more women and we are all winning by helping each other. We, of course, are moving towards the new podcast. Um, It's taking a little bit longer than we thought. Again, if this is your first episode or you forgot, or maybe you skipped a couple episodes, We are moving to the Velvet Machete Branding Podcast because, you know, I live, eat, and breathe branding. So we will be talking personal branding. We'll be talking about employer branding, and we will be talking about business branding and how all of those things work together. And of course, my whole Velvet Machete strategy is you cut to the chase. You're very clear about what it is, what you expect, what you're going after, but you do it in a way that is appealing and feels good to the people that you're influencing. So we'll be um, moving forward with that. If you want to stay in the loop, and I know you do, just text the word, all one word, Amber's New Podcast. So no apostrophe or anything, just Amber's with an S, Amber's New Podcast to 44222. Again, Amber's New Podcast to 44222, and you will be the first to know what's going on. Of course, if you have the Bombshell Business app, it'll be in that as well. So we'll give you some um, push notifications there. And then of course, today's show notes, everything that we talk about, all the information about our very cool guest will be um, at amberhurdle.com forward slash podcasts with an S and then also on the Bombshell Business app. So without further ado, how do you want to learn about leveraging podcasting to get more speaking opportunities, generating more leads, selling more books, rounding out your PR strategy, positioning yourself as an influencer. Those are all very important things. And our guest today is going to completely school us on that. So we're going to be talking to Miss Jessica Rhodes. Jessica is the founder and equal co-owner of Interview Connections, the first and only podcast booking agency. Like this is like a whole new thing, right? This is like a whole new type of business. But she was like first on the scene with over five years of experience. 
She has scaled the business quickly to high multiple six figures with nearly no direct marketing or ads and will break through the seven figure mark this year. What? Jessica and her in-house team of booking agents are the podcast powerhouses behind many of the record-breaking book launches you've seen today with clients such as JJ Virgin, Perry Marshall, other authors you may know, and numerous PR agencies who hire them for their podcasting savvy and booking skills. Jessica started podcasting in 2014 with the launch of Rock the Podcast and is the acclaimed author of Interview Connections, How to Rock the Podcast from Both Sides of the Mic. She has been a featured speaker at FinCon, PodFest, Multimedia Expo, and Podcast Movement, all excellent events, P.S. She is married and the mom of two kids, Nathan and Lucy. Sounds like a total bombshell to me. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Amber, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited to talk to you today. Yes. So uh, Jessica's actually placed some of our guests on this show. And I was just joking with her before we we got started um, for your listening pleasure, just saying how we get pitched all the time. And, you know, I talked about this in the episode. I did like a three series of how to pitch to the media. Part of it just to help you, part of it because I just got done with my last book launch and part of it because I was just that frustrated. And so podcasting is a very specific form of media. So learning how to do it right or learning how to hand it over to somebody like her who does it right, who gets on shows, who gets her people on shows is critical. So what do you want to get started with today? What's what's like the, the first thing? What are we going to grab everybody's attention with? So I think the first thing that we can start talking about is why you would want to be interviewed on podcasts. Like what does this strategy make possible in your business? Because I think that's the first step to like having success with it is getting what's possible and just going into the strategy with really clear expectations. Because one pitfall that I see is that people want to do a couple podcast interviews and then they're like, well, I didn't monetize it. It didn't work. And so having those realistic expectations about how the strategy works and what it makes possible in your business is really important. Yeah. I'm always a fan of knowing how I'm going to make money from my investments. So I remember like the end game is is pretty Mm -hmm. important. So let's talk about that. If I'm so we have a very wide listenership now. We really started out with a lot of brick and mortars, spas, salons, brands that had a lot of personal brands within them. But now we have coaches and consultants and other podcasters and all kinds of different brands. We even have men who listen. So what type of businesses should or should not get into the podcasting world? Yeah. So this is a strategy, um, podcasting and getting interviewed on podcasts is a strategy that can be very successfully leveraged by service-based business owners and entrepreneurs who can work with people virtually. So it's a, it is a little bit more challenging for people with just a local client base because podcast listeners are really international. I mean, most podcasters have people listening in all different countries. Probably if you're based in the US, most people are listening in the US. But unless it's like a city-based, like a podcast about your city, it's really difficult to attract like just geolocal customers and and clients. So I mean, that's number one, can you work with people virtually because people will find you and listen to you from all over the world, all over the country. And then business owners whose average, you know, lifetime value of their client is pretty high because what I, you know, you could get booked on a really, really big show with, you know, 20,000 listeners and have a huge spike in traffic to your website. But the reality is, 
most podcasts have a pretty small audience. And I'm talking like maybe 300 listeners per episode up to a few thousand. Like when I hear about a business owner who has a podcast and they've got 5,000 listeners an episode, that's that's big yeah. <laughs> for for this medium and for the industry that we're in, in the category of iTunes. So you're talking to like a pretty niche group of people. And so you don't, you're not necessarily going into it to expect that like every single person in the audience is going to go to your website and sign up, but you maybe want to convert one or two people into a client that's worth thousands of dollars to your business. Yeah. You know, that's podcasting. Being a guest actually drove a lot of business my way. And and I held off on podcasting for a while because it was just technical and I was working so much. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even take this on. And what was interesting for me is when I started podcasting, I got asked to less and less to be on other people's podcasts. And I didn't know if it was because I was then like competition or what that was. A lot of my VIP clients are, they're my listeners. They've never met me before. They've, what they know of me is me being in their ears. And I love that because um, we've already built a lot of trust that way. And Mm -hmm. once they come here to Nashville, I can work with them in a more meaningful way because there's already like a relationship established, even though we didn't know each other. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing that that makes me think of is that while podcasting can absolutely be a direct revenue source, people can hear you on a podcast, immediately reach out and become a client. A lot of the benefits and the value and the impact that podcasting will have on your business is through is indirectly. So for what I mean by that is you will have people that are coming to your business through other referral sources. Maybe they found you on Facebook or somebody referred you, um, referred them to you. And like most of us do, they are doing their due diligence. Maybe they Google you. And then in that first page of search results on Google, not only are they finding your website, but they're finding that you've been interviewed on all of these different podcasts. And that brings immediate social proof. So they might not even go and listen to those interviews. But the fact that you are getting interviewed consistently in all these different shows shows that you are the go-to expert for what you do. And that really will help you close sales a lot faster. Totally agree. Amen. Yes. So if I am a service-based person who either has, or or maybe I'm a click and mortar because I, I have people who have a brick and mortar, but then they also have an online opportunity too. So they could be, you know, national or international. If this is a good fit for me and I'm going to move forward with this, then what do I need to do, say, follow up with in order to generate more leads and connect with actual clients? Yeah. So the first step I would do is get really clear about who your ideal client is. Yes. And I want to say this is obvious, like we all know this, but I had a call with a very successful entrepreneur the other day who's like, well, we don't really have like a, you know, the avatar. So you have to do that. You have to know who is the ideal kind of person that you want to be connecting with. And there's a couple different ways to approach this. You can look for shows that their target audience is exactly who you want to connect with. And or you can look for podcasts hosted by that kind of entrepreneur, that kind of consumer who you're looking to connect with. For me personally, I like to really look at who the host is because that's actually the person that you're talking with. That's talking, you know, with you. Obviously, we've got probably thousands of listeners that are hearing this conversation, but Amber is the only person I'm actually corresponding with (laughs) at this moment. So, you know, when I look for shows that I want to be on and I would 
advise the listeners to do this too. Look at who the host is, um, learn about who they are and see if they would be a valuable connection for you. So that is really number one because this is a relationship-based marketing strategy. Yes. You will get clients and leads from podcasting because you are building really quality relationships with the podcast hosts who are influencers. These are micro-influencers. Whether they've got 100 people listening to their podcast or 10,000, those listeners really trust that host. So when you go on that podcast for an interview, whether you just met that host five minutes ago or whether you've known them for years, that is a really powerful place to be. And as a host, I can say I see the responsibility in that. And so that's why I won't let just anyone willy nilly come on my show. And it's interesting, you know, that just the automatic you're there's no way you're going to get on this show if you send us a pitch, which, you know, Abby looks at and it's like, look how great I am. Look how awesome I am. Here's everything you need to know about me, 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 me. And I'm like, okay, well, my very loyal listenership who is taking time out of their extremely busy life to listen to this, what are you going to do for them? Like that's right. what it's about. And mm-hmm. so when when you are a host and you realize how loyal your listeners are and that they are going to act on whatever it is that you invite into their world or their earbuds or their car, I mean, that's a, that's a huge responsibility. Um, at least I take it that way. Um, Absolutely. Integrity is high in my list of values. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's the, again, a big mistake that a lot of people make when they're pitching podcasters is that they don't focus on what value they can bring to their listeners. They're not, they're not spending the time to really research and understand what the podcast is about and who the target audience is. And so sometimes it's hard to really know that if you read through their description or their about page. So what I like to do, and this is like a really great tip if you're wanting to get booked on shows, is really focus on the social media platform where your target audience is. For me, I'm connecting with entrepreneurs, B2B business owners. So I like to be on LinkedIn a lot. And so when I connect with a podcast host that I'd like to interview with, I send them a connection request with a note and I just start a conversation. I don't go right in and I'm like, I want to be on your show. I mean, sometimes if it's like a really obvious fit, I'll send the pitch right away. But a lot of times I will just start by asking, who's your target audience? I'd love to know more about your podcast and who you interview. And if you can get some information from them, number one, you're going to be able to tailor your pitch to them much more successfully rather than just guessing what might be the right fit for their show. Yeah. Love it. So you mentioned two approaches. One is access the audience. The other one is access the host. So obviously my immediate thought when I'm talking to somebody who is a seasoned podcast agency is, hmm, maybe I want to work with her. So there's that avenue, right, of your of the host being your target market. And then there's the other of, of the audience. So if I am going to, let's, let's just go down the lane of, I want to access your audience first. Mm-hmm. What do I need to do as a guest to ensure that those people know they can work with me without sounding schmarmy or pitchy? So the first thing is, and you, you know, really already volunteered this information without me asking is make sure you go into the podcast interview, getting an understanding who the listeners are. 
you know, so if the host doesn't just volunteer that information before the interview, make sure you, you know, before the recording starts, ask the host, hey, how can I make this a great interview? Tell me about your target audience. Because then you are set up for success. You are set up to tailor your answers to the listeners so they feel like they have more of a connection with you. Um, So that's step one, just really understanding who the listeners are. So your answers are going to resonate with them. And then step two is having a really clear call to action and making sure that after you deliver tons of value and great information, the listeners know how to connect with you. The guest experts that I talk to who have a hard time getting results and they feel like, I don't know, nobody's coming to my website. I'll go back and listen to an interview they did. And at the end, they, they're they like, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. This is my email. You can also go to my website. This is my Instagram handle. And so many options. A, a confused <laughs> mind says no. Yep. A confused mind forgets. Remember that over 50% of podcast listeners are on a mobile device. They're in their car. They're at the gym. They're not sitting at a computer. Some of them are, but most of them are on the go. And so if they really like the guest, you have to make sure that it's easy for them to remember where to go. So yeah, just have one clear call to action. So that way the listeners can remember how to find you. And is there one in particular that you find to be more successful or is it case by case basis? So it's definitely case by case. For a high-end service, something that's a really high investment, like my agency, you know, you've got to be ready to make the investment. We don't have like $100 products or something like that. So my call to action is just a little bit more soft. I tell people, you know, go to our website. You can opt into our list. If you're not quite ready, you can hop on our email list, start getting information. So it's really just a gentle introduction to what we do. The people who, you know, want to work with you in that case, like they're going to reach out. Yeah. So I'm a little bit more gentle and just bring people to the website. For other kinds of businesses, so for example, one of our clients is Aweber Email Marketing. You know, that is a software as a service. They have, you know, pretty inexpensive membership levels where they're wanting to drive as many people as possible to become a subscriber to their service. So they have a landing page with a, you know, a lead magnet and they're wanting to drive as many people as possible to that landing page so they can opt in, get on their email list and nurture them into you know, moving over to their service. So it kind of depends on what your price point is, what your service is, if it's something that people, you know, they need you when they need you and they might not need you right now. So that's why, again, it kind of circles back to really making this a consistent marketing strategy. You don't just want to do 10 interviews and then see if it works. If you are consistent in going on shows every month, then people will keep hearing you and then they'll, you'll be in their ear when they're ready for you. Yeah. Totally agree. And you mentioned like a nurture sequence and we've talked about that on the show before. This this is some of the pre-work that you have to do, right? So we, we yeah. talk about in the Bombshell Businesswoman, the book, uh, chapter 12 is developing your ideal customer profile. And then when you get to chapter 13, the red lipstick marketing uh, plan, one of the options that you have is an email nurture sequence. And that's, I think, those are, that's the homework, right? So you're, some people are like, what's an email nurture sequence? That's when somebody opts into your list that you give them an opportunity to get to know you. So you're mm-hmm. not like, hey, buy from me immediately. It's, hey, this right. is what we're about. And then the next email, a couple of days later, you know, gives them a little more information, or maybe another free something, um, a freebie or a coupon or something. And then you can sell to them once you've 
gotten to know them and and they've gotten to know you you've built that trust so little little pieces of homework before you really go out you don't want to waste your energy or your time on a media campaign if you don't have an end result that you're shooting for to Jessica's original point but there's also the the groundwork that you have to do once you make those decisions in order to be prepared we talk about you know having your home be ready for for visitors is your website ready to host these people that are going to be coming to it do you have you know a cocktail ready for them or at least a glass of water you know do you have a a wilted flower outside or do you have a pretty flower outside like let's get our house together absolutely that's I love that analogy that's that's definitely one of the first analogies I used in an email marketing campaign like five years ago so I I, (laughs) yeah I love it it's it's still true you know it's also like when you're a guest on a podcast you're a guest in their home you know Mm -hmm. you're there to serve and to give value so um, I love that. And then also, you know, let's just say you're you're sitting there going, oh God, I don't have my email marketing set up. I, you know, and you're overwhelmed. That's okay. So you also just, the point is to have a system in place on the back end. So when you do get leads coming in from podcast interviews, you are taking care of them. So a yeah. lot of the leads that I get, they come in through LinkedIn. They hear me on a podcast and they send me a connection request on LinkedIn. They might also go to my website, but they're connecting me with me and you just want a a system, you know, I'm using Pipedrive CRM so I can track my leads. Do you just want something so that way you don't have that leaky bucket and people aren't just falling through the cracks? Yeah, because that's bad for your brand. It's like Mm -hmm. you you go out there and you tell people that you want to help them and then you don't get back to them. That's that's bad business juju. So exactly. And and it's like, you know, have you ever had a a service provider? Like I just moved. So I'm dealing with like a lot of home service providers Uh, right now. Yes. And it's, it's always amazes me when I have to follow up with someone that I'm trying to pay. Yeah. Same. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to give you money. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. And as somebody whose husband is in the real estate industry, I assure Mm -hmm. you, I could never exist in that world because of that. Yeah crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so be ready. And even, and sometimes I have to tell people like, I don't have space right now. Would you be okay if I followed up with you in the future? And then I put the tickler in, I use agile CRM because my, my one-on-one time is very limited since I travel and speak and, you know, do consulting and stuff. And so, mm-hmm. but at least I'm addressing them and we're getting on the same page for expectations or, you know, maybe you move them into something that's more of a self-study or you give them something for free to keep them occupied and busy and growing towards whatever it is that you want to ultimately work with them. And a lot of people are happy with that. Yeah, totally. Now that you have all of these good media clips, if you will, um, to be old school about it, you have these podcast episodes that you've been in. How can you repurpose those how do you use those to really, I mean, because it's not a one and done thing, right? So how do you mm-hmm. leverage that to to maximize the opportunities? Yeah, so I mean, just kind of circling back to the conversation about nurturing your leads and making sure there's a system in place when people are reaching out to you. One of my favorite ways to repurpose podcast interviews is to use it in a follow-up email. So if I'm following up with a lead, and so you're not just in that like, Hey, following up, like, Hey, are you interested in getting started yet? I like to say, Hey, I just did this podcast interview on this, on this show. I thought you'd really like it. We talked about this. So you can use it in your sales follow-ups. 
You can use it when you're communicating with prospective clients. Um, so just having those interviews on hand so you can send to people directly, hey, I did this interview. I thought it, you know, you'd find a lot of value in it. I'd love for you to check it out. So that's a one-to-one way that you can repurpose and bring more listening ears to those podcast interviews. Also, just making sure that you are promoting these interviews. I know like I really think that one of the biggest challenges with social media is just knowing like what to post uh-huh. um, and just creating the content. I mean, getting interviewed on podcasts is such an easy way to have content created. So when I have an interview go live, I'm making sure I'm sharing it. I'm adding it on social media. If I hear like a really good clip, you know, you can even do something as simple as recording your screen on your phone when it's playing and then you can put that on your Instagram story. It's little things like that Um, So it's a great way to create content for your social media. And then lastly, a press page on your website is, I think, really, really key. Because when people come to your website, again, who maybe just found you on Google or was referred to you by another source, when they see your about page or your press page, and they see that you've been interviewed on all of these podcasts, again, it's raising your credibility. It's showing social proof. And it's just going to help you close those sales a lot faster. So those are just a few ways you can have blog posts created based on what you talked about in the interview. Like I'm sure literally every single answer I've had here is probably a full blog post. Right. (laughs) Completely. There's a lot that you can do with the content that's getting created when you're interviewed on podcasts. Yeah. And don't forget, you've got resources like Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, where you can get transcripts. And so if you want, you could just give the link and say, I need this podcast episode transcribed, and then you can take the content and re repurpose it in so many different ways. Um, so you don't, I could just hear some of my bombshells brains going like all the time, all the time, but there's very, there are very affordable ways to outsource some of this stuff. Um, if you're willing to do a little bit of work and remember the stuff is in the book. This is why I painstakingly wrote a book. So if you have $14.99 in your pocket, you have the how-to behind these things. If you're willing to do a little bit of reading and a little bit of researching, let's talk a little bit about being a guest, which to me is the easiest thing ever because you just show up and you have a conversation mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get all the benefits of podcasting without all the behind the scenes work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And then you have crazy people like us that actually podcast and there is some work to that. So what do you think if somebody is, is really interested in this medium, where do they begin as a guest, as a host, both? What do you think? So nine times out of 10, it's going to be as a guest because as you said, it is the easier way to get started. You can get your feet wet. You can get used to talking in a microphone, which does not come naturally, I don't think, unless you've got a background in some type of media or acting or something like that. So just starting as a guest is a really great way to get started. The tech aspect of hosting your own show can be overwhelming. I would say for most people, it's overwhelming in the beginning. So by guesting on shows, you can get used to a lot of the different ways that you can interview people. Um, So I would definitely say starting as a guest. Though The times that I suggest starting as a host is if you are in an industry where there are not a lot of podcasts speaking to your target market, that is an invitation to create that show that doesn't yet exist. So I have talked to people... They're like, this is my target audience. This is who I want to talk to. And I do a little research. I'm like, I 
can't find many shows, especially interview-based shows or shows that are currently publishing that are speaking to that audience. And so that's the opportunity to fill a need in the marketplace. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of all kinds of shows. I know a very successful show that is for the equestrian community. So like horses and stuff. Um, I know another cryptocurrency show that is like gangbusters. I mean, crazy popular. If you can think of it, there is either a show or an audience for it because we live in a niche society and everybody's media is now designed specifically for their personal interests. So it is a lot of work and... I think it's worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know um, the Horse Radio Network? Is it is it Glenn that you know? Um, or is there another one? Is no, he, I think that's it. He's always at Podcast Movement, right? Yeah. 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 yeah or pod, uh, Podcast. Or yeah. Podfest. Yeah. The other thing to think about, and I'm not sure if there's many people in the audience that this applies to, but if you have a topic that's a little bit more controversial. <laughs> we have worked in the past with like a small handful of clients, maybe that had a topic that was a little bit like a lot of podcasters were like, yeah, I'm kind of interested in it, but I don't want to put that on my show because it's a little bit controversial. So that's an opportunity to start your own show is if your topic is a little bit is a little bit risky and, and maybe podcast hosts will be um, nervous to have you on their show. You can start your own show to really have a place to talk about that. And speaking of controversial, I have, um, I, I'm committed on this show and my all shows truly uh, to not cuss because I know that they, that my listeners could have children in the car or maybe they just don't prefer it, whatever. That's, you know, for me, that's, that's my stance on that. So I do let my guests know that, or we'll bleep it out. Or I might, you know, use if something's in somebody's bio. I mean, my listeners are pretty chill. I'm not saying that they're like, you know, uptight or anything, but just, I would rather err on the side of, not offending or not getting in trouble with your kids. Um, yeah, not having to put money in the swear jar. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, we have a mean words jar because my son is sick. So yeah, um. yeah. <laughs> but I've been on shows like uh, GSD and mm-hmm. other shows where obviously they are they cuss and and mm-hmm. because I cuss and I make no apologies about it, I cuss on those shows. So. Can we get a little bit into like if you're controversial or if you're pitching yourself to somebody and you lead with that, how I mean, kind of just talk us through that if you can. Yeah, I mean, as far as the cussing goes, I definitely think you need to like kind of read the audience, so to speak. Like, so if you are, I mean, one thing that I recommend always is when you're pitching and then even more importantly, like before you're interviewed on the show, you know, listen to the podcast, get an idea of their style. Um, so that way you can really go into it knowing kind of what's what's appropriate, what's not. If you are someone that curses a lot and you have a really hard time censoring yourself, just be really upfront with the host, like ask them if that's okay. <laughs> or like if you're about to say a curse, which, can I curse on this show? I hear that a lot on podcasts. I think just you know, asking permission is is really important. And so if it's not about cursing, maybe if it's a, a topic, like one of our former clients, it, he kind of had like a gambling sort of topic that a lot of hosts were really apprehensive about bringing on their show. And so that is just about being upfront about what you're talking about, what your expertise is. And it's really up to the host if they want to bring it on their on their podcast. Yeah. I love that real aggressive, you know, we're going to kick A and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I love it too. <laughs> but it's just not, 
is not a fit for my show. And so when, yeah. when the entire bio is like full of that, I'm like, well, that's an automatic no. So maybe exactly. have like the PG-13 version of your pitch, oh, you I know? completely agree. Yeah, know your audience. Know yeah. your audience and, and uh, you know, pitch appropriately. <laughs> yes, awesome. And, and I also wanted to add, I should have said this earlier, but if you're going to be a guest on podcasts, one of the questions that we ask is, would you list three episodes that you've already been on? Because you know, we read our reviews every single week or as frequently as we can. And it's very important to us that the person not only knows that they're their topic, but they're easy to listen to. And that could be everything mm-hmm. from um, just being more conversational, having inflection in their voice, being a good guest um, mm-hmm. in terms of not being self-promoting. And then also sometimes, and I'll just be brutal. Sometimes it's like the timbre of your voice, which is like a, like a, kind of like a tonality kind of thing. If if somebody's going to be on their five mile jog and they're binge listening to episodes, yeah. I'm gonna need you to like not be annoying to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, you know, it's uh it's a medium that's not meant for every voice. Yes. And I but, think that's okay. But it's also something that you you can practice and work on. Yeah. So Another way to repurpose your episodes, I guess, is what I'm getting at, is to use those to pitch new, you know, new opportunities. Like here are Mm. some other ones. You can tell my personality. You can kind of hear what I'm talking about. And it also, I mean, it it could be, you know, just a a energetic connection that somebody might have once they get to hear you. So those are some Amber tips thrown in there for free. I won't charge anybody. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I, I totally love that. And I recommend if you haven't been interviewed on any shows, then get some audio up on your website, get some video up. Like you just want to, hosts just want to hear your voice. They want to know that you're going to be a good speaker on their show. So if you've never done a podcast interview, that's okay. You can create some audio, some video that they can then listen to. Yeah. And don't judge your voice because I just said sometimes your tone's not right. I, I, I don't want anybody like listening to themselves and be like, oh, my tone's not good. I can't pitch. Do it. And then if you get feedback, then that's when you can, you know, there's voice coaches or you can just YouTube it like everything else in this world. So... Yeah. What are your like if if there was like a a Bible truth, something that you want our bombshells to walk away from today, knowing what would that last bit of advice be for them to grow their businesses and put cha-ching in the bank by going the podcast strategy? So it's really all about your mindset going into this strategy. So it's it's a less I could give, you know, a ton of like actionable tips, but Without the right mindset, this is a really hard strategy to have success with. So that mindset really is you want to go into podcasting, into getting interviewed on podcasts with a true and genuine desire to bring value to the listeners and to, you know, start and build and nurture relationships with these hosts. That is the first and most important thing that you've really got to really be enrolled in because... When people go into this strategy and they're just thinking about like, well, I'm not getting enough traffic to my website. You're not, I'm not getting enough clients. That is just going to kill it. Uh (laughs) So really just go into it wanting to bring value. Don't worry about what's going to happen when the interview goes live. Just focus on being a great guest, having a good connection with the host. The rest will fall into place. Amen. Love, love, love it. Well, I was joking. That was not my final question. I do have a question for you. So okay. um, 
I just like to pull back the curtain a little bit. And if somebody was to work with you, do you have like an onboarding process? Like how, how do people get on the same page where they are leveraging what you do, which is pitch podcast hosts to try to get your customers on their shows? How do you get on the same page with them in, in terms of who's my ideal customer and what's my message? Like, is there a process there? Or do they need to come ready with like their PR materials? So we do. We have a whole art. The first month working with us is a discovery process. So we actually don't send out any pitches until month two because we find it's really important to spend that time. We do an hour discovery call. We create the one sheet. We create a list of podcasts that the client pre-approves just to make sure we're on the same page. So you don't have to come like totally ready and having everything put together. We really do lay that groundwork with the client in month one. Awesome. All right. So see, you can not only get on these shows and increase your prospecting efforts, you also are going to have your hand held through the process so that you can be more successful. And I've found personally that sometimes just going through the process with someone who knows better than I do is it just eliminates a lot of the struggle bus that I would be riding on <laughs> for mm-hmm. for months or years to come. Um, yeah. So that's a huge benefit right there is having the pros with you. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for sharing generously with, with this audience. I know we can find you at interviewconnections.com. Um, we will have your Facebook and your Instagram and your LinkedIn and all that good jazz in the show notes. Remember everybody, amberhurl.com forward slash podcasts. Look for Jessica Rhodes or it will be in the Bombshell Business app um, in the podcast tab. Thank you again so much for listening. And when people go to their website, there is a place for them to go deeper and stay connected with you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, interviewconnections.com is the best place to find me. Okay. All right. That will be in the show notes, y'all. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Bombshells, for listening. I hope that you take this episode to heart and just move towards what whatever this inspired you to do, whether it's for podcasts or whether it is a, a bigger media plan. But you know that in order to differentiate yourself, you have to be able to shine and show your gifts and show your talents and show your personality and your personal stories and your experiences, because that's what makes you unique. So take Jessica's advice and run with it and we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the bombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.